So hi guys, welcome back to the Theatre Bar. We've been talking a lot about ideas that people want to produce, people coming on and talking about all the work that they're creating over lockdown. Uh, but I, I think it's also incredibly important to acknowledge that lockdown is an incredibly difficult time for people to be creative. It can be very hard to find inspiration and motivation in the midst of a pandemic. Um, and sometimes the creative ideas just aren't as, as important as you actually taking time to look after yourself. And in this episode, Mercedes Sharma has wonderfully volunteered herself to talk about this topic. Yes, I, I do feel very passionately about the importance of looking after your own mental health during a very confusing and uncertain time that the entire world is going through. I mean, as my Nana so eloquently put it, the bottom fell out of the world. And sometimes you just have to take time to process that and not try to jump immediately into, oh, look, I have all of this time. I'm going to use all of this time really wisely. And I, for one, have not used my time, as most would put it, wisely. I have used my time to enjoy the moment. Um, right at the start of lockdown, I remember seeing like a post on Facebook that was like, if you don't get anything productive done during lockdown, it's not that you didn't have the time before, it's that you were just lazy. Mm. And I got enraged. I mean, being called lazy has always been a, been a pet peeve of mine since I was a kid. So not starting a massive piece of work and not thinking I've got to use all this time to write my King Lear, I don't think is a product of my laziness. I think it's a product mm -hmm. of looking after myself mm -hmm. and making sure that I'm not putting more pressure on my mental health than the world is already putting enough pressure on my mental health. Um, and Mercedes, for those people out there who are listening who don't know you, how would you be typically creative? I am, I would say, a theatre maker. I have dabbled in many a thing. I've done some acting. I've done some directing. I have, I suppose the money maker for me would be sort of stage management. I have tried my hand at writing. I have done music. Uh, mm -hmm. You and I have uh, have written a wee, a wee bit of music for a show once in a, a while. A song or two. A wee song or two. We've a wee sing song, haven't we? <laughs> I hear the people are crying for us to release the music. Um, release the album show and I've been waiting for this album really I haven't even heard it <laughs> I have them all in my email and you know what as a special treat to everyone I will release them along <laughs> with this podcast excellent so um you're a theatre maker and you're a wonderful theatre maker and you've spoke to me about ideas that you have and that you want to produce and they are wonderful but then this happened what does a typical day in lockdown look like for yourself well get up sort of between 10 and 11 have a way scroll through tiktok who's not doing that these days so i'd get up and then maybe have something to eat sometimes in fact some days i have forgotten to have breakfast and also lunch i'm currently locking down in manchester which is where i'm from with my mum because just before lockdown happened I was in Belfast and I was working on a play I was stage managing a show and I'd actually just come back from visiting my mum and we'd had all of these conversations about what was going to happen if things escalated if we did have to go into lockdown and I was sort of like oh no it'll be fine you know and then two weeks later lockdown was happening and the play I was working on got shut down we had sort of a day in the rehearsal room we were all still in the rehearsal room and people were asking me you know are you going to go back and stay with your mom and I was like oh god I hadn't really thought about that 
but my mum lives on her own. I'm her only child. So it was sort of logical that we would spend this time together because if she had to go into self-isolation, she actually wouldn't have anyone to help her with her shopping. So I locked down with my mum, which is interesting in itself because I've come back to sort of my childhood home, my childhood bedroom, which I actually had to get a new bed right at the start of lockdown. We went to Ikea the day that it was closing. Nightmare. <laughs> I know. Seems like an age away. I seem like a totally different person now than I was at the start of lockdown. I think we all do. I think back to first week of lockdown show and she was having drinks and Zoom yeah. calls with her friends and yeah. now I'm just, you know, I'm a hermit. I'd rather reread all the Louise Renison books. Angus Long's oh, yeah. Full Frontal Snogging has saved my lockdown. <laughs> I would rather reread all of those books than do another pub quiz, really. But yeah, because I locked down with my mum, we sort of, our routine is sort of, we only really plan for one meal a day. So we wake up and the first thing that we say to each other is, what are we having for dinner? Mm-hmm. And that's like the only plan is that at some point we're going to have this meal that we've planned together sitting at the table eating it I can do whatever I want except I can't do whatever I want because we're in lockdown <laughs> so I've mostly just been re-watching television that I've already seen because and this is something that I don't know if a lot of people do but I certainly do and it's definitely a symptom of my depression is that I find it hard to watch things that I haven't watched before in case I don't enjoy them I think it's going to be a total waste of my time if I'm not going to enjoy it Rewatched. TV shows like Carnival Row, which is like such a random TV show on Amazon Prime. It's quite good if you're into sort of Lord of the Rings, got Orlando Bloom in it. I will say this, it is a bisexual's wet dream. It's Orlando Bloom and Cara Delevingne. That's basically just the whole cast. That is something that Kyle really struggles with, with myself, is because he, I don't think he quite gets it. Mm-hmm. That it's like, I actually can't focus. Because I think that that's how I've been, like, I physically cannot focus at times. Yes. So I need something familiar. I need something simple. I can't watch, like, I love Inside Number Nine and I have been watching it on days that I feel kind of up to it. But like on a day that I just can't, I just can't. Like it's so hard to describe, but I completely get that. Yeah. Yeah. That's basically what a typical day in lockdown is, is completely unplanned. I never go to bed thinking tomorrow I'm going to do this because I know when I wake up, I'm just going to feel anxious about it. Quite often I've gone to sleep thinking, tomorrow I'll go for a walk. I've woken up going, but I don't want to go for a walk now. But I told myself I would go for a walk. So I stopped sort of planning my days and just started doing whatever I felt like doing in the moment. And how do you think that this has affected your creativity? I think... And you will probably agree with me on this because we are pals and I know you quite Mm -hmm. well. I think a lot of my creative energy comes from other people, comes from being in a room physically with other people, whether that's at the pub or in a rehearsal room or in my, in my living room. Yeah. So my, my best ideas have always come from, you know, essentially having the crack with my friends. I've never been a very singular artist anyway. I've always needed input from other people. I've never, even in my you know, limited experience as a director, I've never directed anything where I would think that my word is gospel. I would always use the people I have in the room. Mm-hmm. That's really when, and I hate this phrase, my creative juices get flowing. Because <laughs> it's it just so dirty, doesn't it? It sounds <laughs> naughty. Ooh, uh. 
Um, it does. It's get her a towel. Like, <laughs> oh, bit bit raunchy. Um, <laughs> it does though. Uh, it does sound. Yeah. Um, but I can't think of how you would also say that phrase. I'm stimulated by other people. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, in terms of how it's affected my creativity, is that being locked down away from my creative hub has basically just stopped me from being creative completely. I think that's really interesting though, because I I am completely the same as you. Like I you've worked with me before. Like I am such an energy in the room, bodies talking and fighting and arguing over ideas, but trying them out and seeing what ha- works and seeing what doesn't. And I found the first month so incredibly difficult that I just lay in bed for the for most of it. Yeah. But then the longer this kind of went on, similar to yourself, the more I started feeling like a 17-year-old version of myself. And I came from an incredibly rural community where there was fuck all to do. Most of my friends lived 40 minutes away. Um, and if you didn't have a car, if you couldn't drive, it was a very boring place to be. All of the creating that I did back then was in my bedroom with a camera is the first thing I ever saved up to buy my camera and I made YouTube videos I wrote poems wrote plays and I just I I was so lucky that I was able to tap back into that and I miss the connection I miss being in the room and but I think it is wonderful that I'm now trying to explore the solo artist in myself because I have never done a piece that hasn't been collaborative and I don't really want to either, but I think that it has been it has been interesting for me to exercise that muscle and to start to trust my own instincts. And I found that through that, my kind of inner critic and my, that inner voice in my head disappears more and more every day that I sit down to write or sit down to do something. However, none of the stuff I'm writing right now is stuff that I would actually want to put on in the real world because it's boring to me. It reminds me of my 17 year old self and I think it's derivative and I want to throw it in the bin. Yeah, it's like a dance warm up. You're not going to perform it to the world, but you're, you know, exercising those muscles. You're experimenting with how you can work as an individual artist. That's really interesting that, you know, you did grow up very rural in contrast to me who grew up very urban. And I hate the word urban, but I grew up in the centre of Manchester, pretty much. So there was always something to do. There was always a group to go to. I was in about 12 different choirs and four different orchestras and, and, and 17 different drama groups when I was growing up. So to be creative entirely on my own has always been really difficult for me. In contrast to that, I am also an only child and I grew up an only child of a single parent. So I spent most of my childhood completely entertaining myself you know my mum could only play the game so much but I would sit in my room and play make-believe games I'd actually make up sort of little scenarios and my favorite one was I used to pretend I I I was going on a caravan holiday um with all my stuffed teddies and all my stuffed teddies were my children so I had about 14 children um in this caravan uh, which was the bottom bunk of my bunk bed. And I don't know why that was the game, but that was the game. And that was the entire game was was caravanning. 
uh, what fun. Children I think that's a play really in the strange. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like one woman and her 14 stuffed teddy children in a caravan. And her husband's dead body in the port Oh, stop it. See, see, the creative ju- juices start flowing <laughs> when we talk to each other. Like, uh, you know, that, okay, yeah, that sounds like an Arts Council grant to me. <laughs> yeah, so I, I'm very good at entertaining myself. I'm very good at spending time on my own. I've always been really quite happy to sit alone for hours on end. But when it comes to being creative, when it comes to writing something or, you know, just any sort of creative activity, I don't do very well without, a, without someone to bounce ideas off. And whilst I've been really enjoying seeing what other people have been doing online, you know, Tinderbox's solo art program has been great. And I've seen most of them, some, t- some days I just can't watch something that somebody else has done because there will always be a part of me that thinks that goes why are you not doing anything look these people are doing things the voice of anxiety mm-hmm. should uh, name my anxiety demon do it live live so how do you think any issues that you're currently having with your mental health in regards to you know everything that's going on with lockdown how do you feel that that has been impacting your creativity? I've never found in my life that my creativity stems from trauma. Mm-hmm. It has never been a case that I've wanted to, I've never wanted to write or perform the most traumatic things in my life. I've just wanted to process them with the people I love. I am perfectly happy. No, I wouldn't say perfectly happy. That was going to be. <laughs> I am quite comfortable talking about traumatic events and that's how I process things is to talk about things but I don't necessarily want to create create a piece of art from them well I think that that's incredibly wise to a degree because I know from personal experience having created theatre that has stemmed from trauma or has been you know connected to trauma it's incredibly difficult to detach yourself. You have to be in a good headspace for the rehearsal process. For example, first time I did Let Us Go, then you and I, I was in a really good place. I had been just finished counselling and I was like feeling good, sticking to kind of my routines and everything. It was amazing. And I was in a place to direct that play and put it on. Second time round, I was not. I was, I just had abandoned everything. I wasn't looking after myself. And it was just, like, it was a lovely experience. The cast were brilliant. But, like, I look back on that and I just felt shit the whole time. So, so I think that that's, that's a wonderful kind of way to think about things, to be like, I can talk and I can process. And I'm happy to do so with people I'm comfortable doing that with. But my creative, my mental health does not define my creativity. Yeah. I think, I feel like there's been a focus especially within the past year about theatre and mental health where they've been very interconnected. They've been very kind. It's like almost that that's been the zeitgeist for a year, hasn't it? It's been like male mental health, talking about depression, talking about anxiety. And a lot of people would kind of assume or believe that like most creative people kind of do have mental health conditions. And that comes under a whole other thing where, you know, the work situation can be incredibly stressful and that can that can develop into a mental health issue and things like that. 
um, and unemployment can be very stressful and the cuts to funding and all of that kind of factors in. However, it's something that I'm always kind of really frustrated with is that people have this kind of misconception that in order to create art, it kind of does have to stem from some kind of trauma or does have to stem yeah. from some kind of mental health issue. Um, whenever that's actually, that's a mental health issue and you need to go and get counselling and, and try and get help. And if making work is part of that process, that is wonderful and that is beautiful. But if you're doing fine and you want to write a play about a woman who lives in a caravan with her 14 children and her dead husband is in the port then you can do that and it doesn't need to be about you. It doesn't need to be about anything. I completely agree that there has been an emphasis on making art from trauma as a tool to help with mental health problems mm-hmm. over the past couple of years. And that's not just in the Belfast theatre scene, that's mm-hmm. you know across the board sort of throughout the UK and Ireland and I would say even into like in America as well, that a lot of the books and articles that I would read from artists or authors are focused on mental health at the moment, Mm -hmm. which is very important. And I think we really do need to give a voice to people who need to talk about that. But there are also people like me who suffer from mental health problems, who don't want to make their entire artistic career about that one aspect of their life. Mm-hmm. And it's why I've been sort of reluctant to write very personal stories. Yeah, I think it's fair to say that I'm not focusing on the creative part of myself because I'm trying to heal. Mm-hmm. Like I said, before lockdown, everything was going really well. And I had to, I went through, I think, almost a period of grief. I I was sad for the for the loss of a life I was living that I was really enjoying. And I don't mean that to sound like I'm belittling the grief of others or of people that have obviously lost loved ones during this time and this has been hard for everybody. But I think it is fair to say that a lot of people are grieving for normality or grieving for a life that, that just doesn't exist anymore and we can't see when it's going to exist again. And I think it was important for me to acknowledge that, that I was really sad mm-hmm. for a while at the start of lockdown. Could not tell you the exact emotion I was feeling. I just cried. Mm-hmm. And it's taken me the whole of lockdown to process those emotions that I initially felt right at the start. And I've had to do it without my normal outlets, which is talking to my mates in the pub. I've had to do it without being able to sit in my living room and talk to you and Gina. And, you know, I've had to do that completely on my own. Is there anything that you would like to say to anyone listening who is maybe sitting and seeing everything that's happening online at the moment, seeing people tweeting and Instagram about writing and creating and hearing me talk to people about creating as well. And I apologize if I've contributed to making anyone feel sad because that's not the case. That's not my intention with this podcast. But what would you have to say to those people? I would say 
don't worry about it. Worry about yourself. Your life is your life and other people are living theirs. If you, aren't, if you constantly compare yourself to somebody else, you never leave the house. You know, we're all individuals. I mean, not that you can, because we're in lockdown. That's a really stupid thing to say. You never leave the house. <laughs> the government are happy. The corona is gone. And that's, and really, that's the point. Um, to keep doing, <laughs> the government should have said, keep comparing your, artists, keep comparing yourself to other people and you'll never leave the house. Stay home, stay alert. <laughs> That inner critic, don't banish them for now. Keep them, keep them inside. It's a friend um, when you're lonely. Let's, let's start again. <laughs> yeah, I would say don't beat yourself up. There are lots of people, and by lots of people I mean me, who haven't really tried either. I haven't sat down and consciously thought, I'm going to write a play today. I haven't sat down and thought, I'm going to finish that short story I was writing. I haven't sat down and thought, I'm going to write a song on the guitar. I'm going to learn more chords on the guitar. I haven't done that because, because it wasn't useful to me in this time to put pressure on myself to do something creative because other people were doing it. What was useful to me in this time was effectively taking a three-month holiday, which I don't think is a bad thing because... Clearly that's what I needed to process everything that's happening. Clearly I needed to do that. Clearly I was getting something from that because I actually feel a lot better now than I did at the start of lockdown. I've done what has made me content in the moment. We should all be looking after ourselves during this time, not putting pressure on ourselves to be anything other than what we are being in the moment. And if that moment is a creative one, amazing. If it's watching Timothy Chalamet in Little Women, I always know that Beth's gonna die, but it still know, but always you, gets me. But you still want to put the book in the fridge. It's yeah. like, ah. Oh. Thank you so much, Mercedes, for coming on. Thanks for sharing your kind of thoughts and experiences with us. I really hope that the rest of your lockdown is good. I hope you have a safe journey back home to Belfast. But yeah, thanks so much. Thank you, Sean. It was great. Okay, well, hopefully see you soon then. Bye. Bye.